you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. What is up? Welcome to another edition of the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. It's me, your man, MG Marcus Grant, alongside the Fantasy Hall of Famer, Michael Fabiano and Graham Barfields. Good to see you upright again, Graham. Feels good to be upright. <laughs> had a little bit of food poisoning last week. Got a little sick. Uh, food poisoning sucks, yeah. dude. Especially if you get a bad case of it. Like, I remember I had it a few years ago, man, and I was puking so hard that, like, my ribs were yeah, sore. Yeah, I was, was bad. I was sore last week. I'll put it that way. Welcome to the show, guys. <laughs> hey, thanks for listening. <laughs> I think we started last week with puke talk, too. I mean, because you weren't here, so, <laughs> so we were talking about it. And it's May. So it's good to, it's good to have consistency like that. Um, it is May. So we're going to talk about some silly things. We're also going to do a, a Game of Thrones series recap because why not? You know, we talked about the, you know, we also get to get Graham's thoughts on the final episode because he was not here. So let's yeah. get that and yep. we'll uh, kind of recap the series. Uh, we'll have a social poll for you that'll be related to Game of Thrones because, again, it's May. And so why not uh, have some news headlines as well before we do all of that? Uh, go behind the glass, as we always do. Talk to our faithful producer, Senior Edward L. Murphy Esquire. Murph, what's up? Uh, well, first off, glad that uh, Graham is back. And uh, you just mentioned it's May, but it's May's winding down. It's just Memorial Day weekend. People out here, uh, people in the country, I just say, don't realize out here, there's like a June gloom type of thing. Yes. Uh, for everyone else, you have like uh, Memorial Day weekend. It's like kickoff of the summer. We're going to like barbecue, have some fun. You could finally go in the pool, this and that. But... For us, we had pretty much June gloom all throughout May. So I'm hoping now, after uh, MDW, that now we could actually have some good weather for us out here and no more of these like 55 degree mornings right. and stuff. We can people, actually enjoy the people weather. out there uh, in the rest of the country, they when they hear people who live in Southern California complaining about weather, 
Uh, you know, it's like guys, the smallest violin in the world. Literally, it's no been, room to talk. Well, I mean, all the tornadoes going through the middle. I know. True. Right I know. I mean, I that, yeah. Yeah. There, are, there are things though, being in, from California, that I have that I warn people who aren't from California about. One, don't come to Los Angeles in June because it's cloudy. Right. If you're yeah. near the beach, it's cloudy, and you're not going to be happy. Yep. Uh, and if you're going to San Francisco in the summer. Bring a jacket. Sure. Yep. Yeah, that's really. the other thing people don't under. You know, like I met somebody from Brazil and she told me she was going to, to uh, San Francisco in in July, and I was like, "Bring a jacket." She's like, "What do you mean?" I'm like, "It's cold. It's windy. It's foggy. Yeah, you're not going to be happy if yeah. you don't have a jacket." Yep. I, I still have like the East Coast mentality, so when I see like I celebrate Memorial Day weekend, in my head I'm like, "Oh, cool, summer's here," not realizing that it's pretty much summer all year round. <laughs> so I still had like yeah. ingrained San Francisco. I remember uh, several years ago, I was I was up there. I don't remember what time of the year it was, but like. I got hooked up with like really good tickets for like a, a Giants Astros game. This is before the Astros were any good. And literally, we were the first row in the boxes. And it was so cold that we left after five innings. And these seats were awesome, like right near the dugout. I'm like, I can't stand it. It's too cold. Well, there's nothing worse than being cold at a boring baseball game. Oh, this, this is coming from someone who played baseball his whole life. So I yeah. love. Hey, how about those Yankees? I sat, I sat behind the dugout once at a Dodger game, and it was nine yeah. innings of pure terror. Like because I, was, you don't get hit by I was just afraid that some screamer was going to yeah, come yeah, my way. Yeah, so I'm like, I'm yeah. staring at the hitter on every pitch. I'm like, this is not fun. Or I don't you like watch this every at all. AB, at least. It does. I'm like, but this is not fun at all. I was just, I was terrified for nine innings. So anyway. All right. So that's all good setup. Anyway, let's do some news. Through the news. We got more Rams news, specifically more Todd Gurley news. Sean McVay says he is pleased with where Gurley's knee is right now. Now, Gurley is not at OTAs. Uh, this will continue, I think, to be the burning debate in the offseason. I know, Fabs, you are like totally like, oh, let's go, let's do it. I just tell you that everything, on, I, everything I hear, I just, I'm not buying it. I know it's bad. bad. I mean, so, right, exactly. And, and, you know, I said, you know, I, I have a friend who's a good friend of Todd who's told me on several occasions that he's fine. He's working out with him. He's fine. And Jay Glazer even wrote uh, a response the, to a question there in, was in, his, concern. in his mailbag mm-hmm. that he said, like, you know, if Todd can handle the full workload, he's going to get it. But we have to see whether or not his knee is going to be able to withstand that. Now, I don't know that we're going to have any clear picture on this. Even starting in week one, I don't know that we're going to have a clear picture. Maybe we get a clear picture. Is he going to play in the preseason? No, probably probably not. not, Right. But if he's participating uh, in training camp, we'll see if if Henderson looks awesome in the preseason. It's just going to drop Gurley's value even more. But this is the single biggest like Le'Veon Bell last year was like the single biggest issue in fantasy football in terms of like the big name players Gurley is going to be the biggest story in fantasy football from now until we start drafting in August and moving into September uh two things here one Gurley was not participating at OTAs yesterday right he's just present that's not surprising right right the second thing um being we won't see or hear or know anything about this situation any further until week one so week one the Rams don't play players in the preseason, man. And Sean McVay has lied out of his, <laughs> out of, through his teeth mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. entire this entire time about Todd Gurley's knee. Um, so we won't know. So, I'm, at, the, I'm so com- at this point, I'm so completely fading him. So we have so we're we're doing a mock draft um, for NFL.com. It's going to be starting tomorrow, and um, uh, it's a ten teamer with some of our pals from the industry. Uh, Jake Seeley, Bob Harris, uh, Jake Ra- uh, Jeff Rackley. Which afterwards, among, we'll, we'll among get, others. Yeah, we'll get a couple of those guys on to talk about right. the mock draft too. So I can go in and look 
at what point would you be comfortable drafting Gurley in the first round? Well, so I'm I'm looking at fantasy football calculator right now. He is the number seven overall pick. Okay, right now. And I know I, I, no, I, like, I had been saying the whole know. time. I've been saying this whole time that if I'm sitting at five and he's still there, like I would think about it. Um, at seven, I would definitely pull the trigger yeah. on Todd Gurley, mm-hmm. but it just it comes with so like you got in in no particular order your top four guys right Zeke Barkley, uh, Kamara, and McCaffrey. Mm-hmm. I feel like those four you have very little concern about. After that, you can start to kind of pick it at some of these guys. You know, Melvin Gordon, you can kind of pick at. David Johnson, you can sort of pick at. Todd Gurley, where obviously, you know, you know, Lev Bell. All these guys, you can sort of pick at a little bit. So if you're sitting there, the worst spot to be this year is going to be five. Because who knows what you do. Well, so the draft order, which was randomly selected, has uh, our friend Graham at six and you at five. I will at not. seven. I'm at seven. Okay. So like, <laughs> I was like I figured and, then, and then I'm eight. So like you guys are like right in that sweet spot where like he might be there. I will not even entertain Todd Gurley. Though. Okay. Yeah. I mean, okay. I, I'm, I think it's fair that you can pick DJ. You can pick on Bell. Uh, for me, I'm drafting Hopkins. David, so, so you okay? So you're maybe, going wide receiver at that point. I'm even taking Travis Kelsey over him. So okay, so so let let Barkley's going to go one likely. Zeke, Kamara, uh, CMC is going to be there. Gordon, so you're Gordon over Gurley. You're saying yep. Le'Veon Bell over over I, Gurley at this point. At what point do you turn to the wide receiver position and say I'm going to go Nuke? I'm going to go Devontae Adams, like James Conner, Joe Mixon, David Johnson, like all those guys. After the first couple of top wide receivers? I've taken James Conner over Todd Gurley, and I'll do it again, too. Wow. Yeah. I mean, guys, look, we get, we, every single year, we want to sell ourselves on injury optimism. Every single year. Mm -hmm. And this coming year, Todd Gurley, like you just mentioned, is the biggest test case of injury optimism. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've been adamant on this show that I'm very concerned about his knee, and we watch all the Rams actions, and they're very concerned, too. Um, you you cannot win your league with your first pick, but you can you definitely can lose it. Lose it. Yep. And I am not about to lose my my leagues <laughs> by taking Todd Gurley, who I have significant injuries concerns about um, in the first round. The only the only time I really even consider him in in the best ball drafts that I've done so far is when he slips when he does slip in twelve team leagues into into the second round. Mm-hmm. Um, and every time I've taken him, I've taken him once or twice at the end of the first, and I regret it every time. Huh. Interesting. And, and another thing, too, is that, you know, you could say, well, I'll simply just take, you know, Henderson as a handcuff. But the problem is. Yeah. Hendo is getting up there in ADP, man. Dude, yeah. I, yeah. I, I was I was in I was in a, a, a pro football focus mock. And I think I told you guys last week, I think you went the seventh round. I think Oof. I think I, I, th- I want to say that uh, Evan Silva might have taken him in the seventh round. I, I'll say that the sixth, seventh round is a little too rich just because there's so many receivers and tight ends that I right. like in that range. But eighth round, because running back is basically dead by then, I'm, I'm fine with Henderson in the eighth. Mm-hmm. Actually, right now he's got a, uh, a ninth round ADP yeah, on calculator. So. But when he, you get into the drafts with the big brains, yeah. he's going to go before that. He's going to go before that. Uh, yeah, I mean, I will say that the – you know, again, it's always it's always why I like when I do mock drafts. I, I like to do just random mock drafts with you know with random people because it's a little bit different drafting out in the real world. Yeah. <laughs> you know, a little bit when it is. I know when three quarterbacks are gone in the second round. You're like, what's happening here? You know, yeah. so. that actually. So <laughs> speaking of that too, 
So Gurley is certainly going to be like the number one topic of conversation in fantasy football. The number two topic of conversation is going to be Tyreek Hill and what happens with him if he's suspended for the season, if he's suspended for a portion of the season. Either way, likely to be suspended for some number of games, if not the entire year. And that has a direct effect on the value of Patrick Mahomes, who I believe is guaranteed to regress because there's no way in hell he's going to be better than he was last season when he had the best fantasy season of any quarterback ever. So if the number one quarterback in fantasy football is certain to regress and then he loses a guy who had well over a thousand yards and double digit touchdowns catching balls from him, where does Mahomes fall? And do you move Aaron Rodgers ahead of him? I'm not, I'm not drafting a Mahomes and I might move. I'm really strongly considering putting Deshaun Watson at one. I think Watson could go mm. freaking nuts. I think he could. My, my sneaky pick for the QB one this year is going to be Andrew Luck. Mm, oh, I yeah. like that too. That's yeah. that's my sneaky pick for because I think we're you know we're obviously talking about Mahomes, we're talking about Watson, you yeah. know, Aaron Rod- Aaron Rodgers name just comes up because it's like muscle memory I think for a lot of us. But uh, you know, well and, think, and you know Luck Andrew, Luck, Andrew Luck's got that shot. Luck also he has Paris Hilton. This is this season, <laughs> right? That's got Paris Hilton. The second second year in this offense with Paris Campbell in the offensive line. Right. Yeah. I like yep. that pick too. Yeah, hopefully Jack Doyle will be back yeah, at, at 100%. You've got some weapons. Uh, you got Devin Funchess in there, that, red zone guy. So that's actually a big could, thing for them. They, they love to play 12 personnel. They love to play two tight ends. Two tight ends. Do- mm-hmm. Doyle back is, is going to be. Yeah, you know it's yeah. funny. I've been saying for most of the offseason that I thought Robert Woods would be the most overdrafted player, but it could end up being Pat Mahomes when it's all said and done. Yeah, because uh, there's like so. So give me a quick projection. Um, 50 touchdowns last year, right? I say 35. I yeah, I was gonna say 35. What? Well, I and I mean, I'm I'm right there too. I'm saying you know somewhere between 35 and 40. I mean that's that's a big. If he, a big drop. if he throws 30 to 35 touchdowns, that's still a that's huge still year. fantastic. It's <laughs> awesome. It's a really great but year compared to the greatest season of all time. I right. mean, like you know, well, the, it's a step back. The the of course compared to the greatest. Yeah, I mean, it's like Chris time, Johnson. Remember when Chris Johnson went nuts and he was like all CJ2K, and then the following year it was kind of like it was still a decent season, but eh, compared to what he had done, I w- I'll say that. The thing I'm looking for for Mahomes this season is because he was so aggressive looking to throw downfield last season. If they do not have Tyreek Hill, I'll be interested to see if they design more runs with him because Mahomes is extremely mobile, I think, and they basically did not use that in any part of their offense next year. So if Mahomes runs a little bit more and they kind of get him out of structure a little bit more, mm-hmm. I think that could help his fantasy value. Um, the yep. added rushing, but I'm loving it, those, those touchdowns are going to regress. And I have I'm, not, I have not even, even entertained drafting him. Yet. In that mock draft. No, I, I mean, took, I took Hardman and I, where, where you have to, to reach to get Mahomes, there's no yeah. chance. No, I'm never yeah. going to get him. Yeah. Never going to. I've actually moved Sammy Watkins into my top 20. I have right yeah. now. I have Watkins in my top 20. So, but the thing about Watkins is that I mean, as good as he is, he, he can stretch the field. I mean, dude's not durable, so yeah. he's got to stay on the field. Imagine if he loses Watkins too. My goodness. Yeah, and I don't know. I feel like at this point in his career, we've seen what Sammy Watkins is when he is supposed to be when he's asked to carry a heavier load in a passing game. He had game. that one big season. And that's it. That was it. And that's it. Yeah. Uh, other news, the Cardinals reportedly may use shotgun formation either exclusively or pretty darn close to Sign it. Sign me up! Um, this is the thing, like, I opened Twitter a few days ago and this story hit and fantasy Twitter lost its collective I've, mind. I've lost my... I, I, <laughs> I mean, I've lo- I'm a diehard Cowboys fan and I might just damn well buy a Kyler Murray jersey to wear it around because I love him so much. Uh, if you look at last year, Oklahoma ran 848 plays. Uh, 695 of those plays were run out of the shotgun. Uh, he had 403 passing plays, including scrambles, uh, which is about 58%. So, th- dude, put him in the shotgun. 
let him do his thing, man. It is going to be a lot of fun to watch this kid play the quarterback position. I believe Brad Evans from Yahoo was like tweeting fantasy porn when this story came out because that's that's how excited people Yo, are. Yo, Brad Evans has Kyler Murray inside of his like top, top five. five. Top five. Which and I love Brad, but I like Brad too, man. But his projection I think his projections had Kyler's <laughs> season more productive than Cam Newton's MVP. Yeah. Which whew. the hype out there is <laughs> it's, it's the real. I, I think if Kyler it's real right around 11. I moved him up from like, I got him around 11. Um, I mean, and I can, I can see myself because I do have, I do have that, that Kyler fever. I could see myself moving see, him a little bit more, but I mean, there, but, there comes a point where it's like, I can, you know, do, do I, do I yes. put him ahead of, you know, Breeze, maybe do I put ahead of a Wentz? Okay. Do I put him ahead of Matt Ryan? I mean, golf. When I was going through my quarterback rankings too, I have Murray way lower. I've got him at like 19. So I'm, kind of not really drafting I got him at, him I got him at 12 this season. Right yeah. I think you have probably the right opinion. I think I need to bump him up a few spots, but I have this, I have the same, basically the same take. So many good like, quarterbacks. There's so many good quarterbacks. Right. Like I cannot draft, I, I cannot put Kyler Murray over Cam Newton because Cam Newton is the, if no. Cam Newton is 100% this season, his ceiling is basically what right. we want Kyler Murray to be in the first place. Right, but, yeah. so my thing with Cam, it goes back to kind of your point about Gurley though, the, the injury sure. optimism there. But, Cam cost a tenth or eleventh round pick. True, yep. as opposed to the yep. and if your quarterback top sucks, and if your quarterback sucks, you just go out to the waiver wire and replace him. Low risk. You cannot replace Todd Gurley in the first round. You are correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So all right, so we'll see what happens there. Obviously, the you know a lot of us are drif- dr- uh, drinking the Cliff Kingsbury Kool Aid there. I, I know I'm I'm one of them. So we'll we'll see how this works out. But you can imagine there may be. In auctions, especially, you may have like a, an interesting little bidding war. I know with Kyler Murray's fun. name. Comes it's just so crazy to look at the quarterback position, man. Like honestly, like Murray at There's tw- twenty Murray. plus guys. Yeah, I mean, like Josh Allen could end up being a QB one this year. You think I'm nuts? Look at the numbers that he put Josh up last Allen, year when he started running the football. Josh Allen could be a top five QB uh, this year. Whoa! With the with that's the, a hot take. With right the there. with his rushing, there's a path for Josh Allen to, to back into the top. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're looking at Kirk Cousins being. A low-end QB2 in a lot of rankings, including my own. And this is a guy who's, like, almost always been in the top 10. Like, yeah. it, it just is what it is. Lamar Jackson. I love him, too. So my 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 thing with Josh Allen, though, and his rushing is, is I think last year it caught everybody by surprise. This year I think people will be more on the – defenses will be more on the lookout for it. So it may not be as effective this year. I say Josh Allen has the potential to be a top-five quarterback, but I'd, I'd be honest with you, I don't know if I've drafted him this offseason. I mean, across my best ball drafts. Yeah, I don't draft him either. He just goes. No, I haven't either. I haven't either. He just goes too high for me. Because, but he does have that range of outcomes where, I mean, if he does average, you know, 50 plus rushing yards per game. (laughs) (laughs) My strategy gets into like, okay, I'm maybe not drafting a quarterback until the round, you know, 9th, 10th, 11th, somewhere in that. But I typically like will take two. So, like, you know, I'll get Cam and then I'll get Kyler, for example, or something like that. So, where Josh Allen is going to be drafted, I'm not, I have him in my dynasty league. Um, and our draft just about mm-hmm. wrapped up there. Um, maybe we could talk about that. But, uh, uh, yeah, it, it's ridiculous. I mean, Tom Brady, I don't think he went into one of the last two or three rounds. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I see a situation where in a lot of leagues, especially a lot of redraft leagues. Uh, no know. Brady? No Brady? No go? Or very late. Yeah. Very late. I know. So, yeah. This is the world that we live in, folks. Jalen Samuels. Says the Steelers running back duo of him and James Conner could, quote, be really scary. Yeah, but it uh, you know, Don't think so. A couple of weeks ago, we were asking whether or not the Steelers would actually go away from being a traditional one-back team to maybe running that. And supposedly at OTAs, the, the reports are they are running two backs on the field at the same time. 
Uh, Graham, I know you said you drafted James Conner over Todd Gurley in a few situations. Does this change your mind at all, listening to Jalen Samuels? No. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, sure, the the Steelers should rotate their running backs a little bit more, but they haven't under Mike Tomlin. I mean, under Mike Tomlin, they've they've used a workhorse running back pretty much every single season. Do they? uh, James Conner was top top 10 in snaps, carries, targets, and, and, and running backs. I'm not going to take anything away from like Le'Veon or D'Angelo Williams because D's my buddy and, and Le'Veon's a tremendous running back. But like that system is so conducive to running back succeeding. It, 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 it hasn't mattered. I mean, even Jalen Samuels, I, when he came out last year, when Connor, yeah. he was awesome. I'm more, I'm actually more concerned, not about Jalen Samuels or Benny Snell. I'm more concerned about, I mean, how in terms of, how the Steelers' offense changes efficiency-wise without Antonio Brown. Yeah. Are there as many touchdown opportunities for Connor this year? That's my And opinion. so that was that was going to be my next question is, yeah, like D'Angelo Williams and Lev Bell, and Lev, I think, is, is extremely talented on top of it. But how much of that was because you did have to pay attention to Antonio Brown. And if Juju can't match that, or at least come close to matching that, how much does that impact what happens with those running backs there? And I think that's the big question that we're going to watch going into mm-hmm. this season. Yep. Um, you know, we all, I know we all have high hopes for Juju. If it doesn't work out, though, then that impacts everything else in that offense. The best thing that Connor has going for him, and this surprised, I think, pretty much everyone last year, is just how good of a receiver he is. So with all their open very targets, good. With all their open targets, I still think there's a very high floor of uh, receiving potential. Wait, for he had like 53 or somewhere around 50, yeah, I mean, and he, was, he didn't play a full season. He wasn't. So. A, I mean, he wasn't averaging the Bell-esque like seven, eight yeah, plus targets. Bell was like, he was, you know, he yeah. was heavily involved, and he he definitely held his own. He was very good. Yep, very good. I mean, he, he was probably if you drafted him uh, at some point, or if you picked him up off the waiver wire. I mean, he was one of, if not the best. Yeah, you know, uh, most uh, valuable, one of the most yes. valuable pickups yep. this season for yep. sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, last bit of headline news, the Jags offensive coordinator, uh, John Filippo says Leonard Fournette needs to be a big part of the offense. I, I have been saying for weeks now that I don't really care how much they paid Nick Foles. This offense was still going to revolve around Leonard Fournette. Uh, I, but I'm wondering, Graham, is this another case of injury optimism that we're hoping Fournette can, you know, yeah. slim down, stay healthy? Because... Look, I, I drafted him in a mock. I took him in the third. And even then, I was kind of like, I don't know. And I, but I drafted him. I'm like, third round seems great. But it really is all dependent on him staying on the field this year. Yep. Yeah. No yeah, doubt. It, is, it is an injury optimism case. But again, we're at least getting a discount on a player we know whose role is going to be monster when he's on the field. But again, Fournette's had four straight years, even dating back to his days at LSU where he struggled with, with ankle or foot injuries. I, I'm I'm kind of still on board with Fournette but I'm kind of with you it's like one of those one of those things it just depends on my team it's like if I find him in the third round and I feel comfortable like I need a potential workhorse running back I'm fine with Fournette but I'm not going out of my way to target Fournette yeah in the pro football focus draft I got him in in the third round which is kind of I feel like the sweet spot for where Fournette is he uh, posted something on his Instagram uh, a quote from uh, Terry Rubisky who's uh, his his running backs coach and uh, it's a quote from Fournette basically saying, I want to be the best running back in the NFL. I want to rush for 2,000 yards. I want to lead this team. I want to take this city to the Super Bowl. I don't want to be a part of the puzzle. I want to be the puzzle. Damn. Um, I mean, he's been puzzling. He has been puzzling. Hey. He has been an enigma wrapped <laughs> in a mystery. But on, I think Thanks. as a third round pick, I will take the risk all day long. I mean, I, so I the mock that I draft him in the third round is also because where I was, I was in the back half. And so my first two picks were Michael Thomas and Juju Smith-Schuster. Yeah, so go by receiver, then, receiver, go Fournette. So then I went, third, I went Fournette in the third round. So I'm like, okay, well, I, I need to get a running back by now. This was the best one available. 
Um, so it sort of sort of fell in my lap that mm-hmm. way. Yep. So um, I know he says he's ready to go, as you mentioned uh, there on his Instagram. That he he you know I know he's talked to everybody in the organization. He seems to have cleared his head. Hopefully he comes in in shape uh, and stays healthy this year. Because if he does, I mean we know that when he's healthy, he has the potential to be a big big play guy. And, and think about what's behind him on the depth chart. I mean, yeah, there's it's not Ryquel, it's Ryquel, Armstead, Alfred Blue. I mean, yeah, there's, he's, there's he's going to play 70 plus. Yes, <laughs> yes. right. Yep. But he's just got to stay on the field. Um, the other question about this and, you know, we had a hard enough time last year trying to pick out Jags wide receivers. <laughs> if Linder Fournette is, again, the focal point of the offense, do we even bother this year? I mean, well, I mean, I, I love Didi. I like Didi as well. But I mean, there's there's a ceiling on him. Certainly, because of what they're going to do, they're going to run the football. They're hoping that defense bounces back uh, and plays like it did a couple of seasons ago. So, if Didi comes out and has you know sixty five catches and around eight hundred and fifty yards and maybe six seven touchdowns, I think that's a good season. Yeah. All right. Sounds good. There you go. That's pretty much everything you need to know. That was the news. All right. So the news a couple weeks ago about Ted Ginn saying he would race anybody for $10,000. Uh, I guess it's time to, to kind of put up a shut up now because uh, someone has put together a 40 yards of gold speed tournament. It's got Ted Ginn. It's got Alvin Kamara. Uh, a whole bunch of the NFL's faster players are in this thing. And it is it is literally what it sounds like. It is a tournament. Uh of races, one-on-one races between guys. Um, and, well, first off, my first thing is, the moment somebody gets hurt, I know, right? This thing's never coming back. The first again. hamstring. <laughs> right. Right, exactly. Alvin Kamara, if he, if he even slightly pulls his hamstring, <laughs> like, I'm going to live it. Like, <laughs> like, this, I'm sure every, every NFL coach, general manager, owner is watching this thing closely. And the moment somebody pulls a hamstring, rolls an ankle, anything, even stubs a toe, uh, they are going to put clauses in contracts that this thing never, ever happens yeah, exactly. again. Mm-hmm. Um, but it did get me to thinking, like, you know, there are a lot of guys in this thing. That, like, you can go to the website, 40 Yards of Gold, although it's not completely fully functional. Uh, it is not com- a completely operational battle station yet. <laughs> um, but there are some of the guys there. I think they're still trying to get guys. I think they put something out for, like, Chad Ochocinco and some other guys to see uh, who they could get. But it did get me thinking about some races that I would like to see. Some of them, you know, very serious. Some of them, not so much. But I was kind of like, you know, figured we could just kick around some ideas here. So I'm looking right now at some of the guys who are in this. Alvin Kamara, uh, Ted Ginn, Robbie Anderson, Corey Coleman. Uh, some of the guys, there are, a bunch, there are a lot of defensive guys in this thing as well. Uh, and if this website would cooperate, I could pull them up for you real quick. Uh, Trey Waynes, Richard Robinson. Mark Ingram. Dominic Rogers Cromartie. Mark, Mark Ingram's also there, and I don't understand why. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't peg Mark Ingram to do well in this tournament. No, um, I mean, good football player, not exactly a speed guy, right. no. so much. So, but it did get me think. So, some of the guys who aren't there, like so, Ginn versus Marquise Goodwin, right? Marquise Goodwin is an Olympic level track star. I mean, this is a guy who who raced in the Olympics. Um, I would think one, why isn't he in this? And and could Ted Ginn beat Marquise Goodwin in a race? Probably not at this point. I mean, Marquise Goodwin was a, a, a he was an Olympic long jumper, uh, right? But yeah, probably not. I mean, how old is Ted Ginn now? Like thirty five? 
Ted Ginn? Yeah. 35? Yeah. No. He's, yeah. Is he that old? Uh, let's time. see. He was born in 1985. 34. So 34. 34. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. I, I take good. I'm getting old, man. I, I, <laughs> he's been around for a long time. I know. Well, he was in the Brady Quinn draft. Yep. I remember Ted Ginn at Ohio State, you know, so. Wow, 34. Goodness yeah. gracious. I mean. I'm going to I'm gonna take good one. Flies. I'm going to take good one, the actual okay. freak. So Maybe then, Ginn could get him early in his career. Ginn was freaking Ginn was fast, fast. man. Yeah. Incredibly fast. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, so then Ted Ginn. Okay, so then I would think Ted Ginn, John Ross, probably goes. Ross. To jump, provided John Ross doesn't hurt himself. But the, have, right, the first two guys that you have him up against, like their teams won't want them running. Because yeah. Goodwin gets hurt and Ross is better. <laughs> I don't know where John Ross's health is at right now. I have no clue. He's so he's gone through so many injuries. Assuming you know, assuming John Ross is healthy, right? Like assuming we get the John Ross that showed up to the combine a few years ago, right? Blow past everybody, John Ross. So then, so then I guess like we have the John Ross v Marquise Goodwin conversation, um, which would be interesting. I think a a healthy John Ross versus a healthy Marquise Goodwin that'd be a fun race to watch. Still going, John Ross. I think I'd go John Ross too. All right. So then I, w- I decided to go put some quarterbacks against each other, right? Because there are no quarterbacks in this thing. Um, Lamar Jackson versus Kyler Murray. Oh, Lamar. <laughs> oh, Dude, he is so shifty. Sh- so, so shifty. I was, I was so bummed when he didn't run on the combine or his pro day. Mm-hmm. I, so wa- I so badly wanted a 40-time on Wanted a Lamar Jackson 40-time? Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, my, my other one that I've always wanted just, just for, for S's and G's. Um, <laughs> Tom Brady... Well, for, for a while, I wanted a Tom Brady versus Peyton Manning, right? But now I decided to keep it to active players, right? So I, I said, Tom Brady, make it a three-way race between Tom Brady, Philip Rivers, and Joe Flacco. Because I think it would just be comedy, first of all. <laughs> but I'm curious who would win, like, because like, this would be like, the pinnacle oh, of no. dad running. It's yeah. definitely not Rivers. <laughs> it's definitely not th- Phil Rivers. But I mean, like, they're all equally as bad. I don't know, man. So, I think Phil Rivers is extremely, extremely slow. Yeah, but here's the thing. I think I think in a sprint, just a straight up straight line sprint, Rivers does not do well. In a long distance run, he probably because he's got what nine kids, something like that. <laughs> like he's used to chasing kids around, That's right? True. So he's got stamina, if is, anything. He's up to nine now. Uh, I think nine is on the way. I believe number nine. What did Antonio Cromartie get up to? Uh, did he get a nine or ten? Something. No, he, I thought he was in double digits. Yeah, he might be in double digits. <laughs> I thought he was double digits. He yeah. might be in double digits. Like he got a reality TV he show. Might, he Didn't might he? honestly have like a special teams unit right now. <laughs> well, the 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 what was it like? The the joke was like was it uh um uh Travis Henry? He had a whole bunch of kids. That was one. Larry Johnson. They were talking about as well. But yeah, Johnson. Cromartie. I think he may be the leader in the clubhouse for for the most kids. Yeah, Rivers has stamina because he's used to chasing. He's used around. to chasing little kids around, right? Like so, like in a long distance run, I, I might take Rivers there. But so uh, you you limit it to quarterbacks here, but the eventual winner of this should go up against Jason Witten. <laughs> do you think Jason Wynn can run more than 40 yards? I don't know. I, I'm not sure, man. It's going to be interesting to watch him play football uh, next season. He should just emulate what he's going to do on the field for Dallas this year. To run five yards, turn around, and fall down. And yeah, just, yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, where is? Yeah. Um, and look, he's just going to be a coach on the field, right? Like, that's the whole thing with him. Um, so then my final one, I, I, I looked at 40 times to kind of come up with this one. At the combine, Mitch Trubisky ran a four six three forty. Sneaky fast. Mm-hmm. Aaron Donald ran a four six two. Mm. So a Mitch Trubisky Aaron Donald mm-hmm. race could potentially be really interesting. I think. Oh man! All right, Aaron Donald weighs two eighty four. Mitch Trubisky right, yeah. probably what like two twenty. And he's all muscle. <laughs> oh. Yeah, 
I <laughs> I don't know, man. I'd probably go with Aaron Donald just because he's such a freak. He's such an athletic I freak. I mean, Mitch I think Trubisky he would, is 70 pounds lighter. He would, in, <laughs> he would intimidate Trubisky into submission. Like, he would, if Trubisky was close in the race, Donald would look at him and said, you better nah. slow down, buddy. Just stop. You better slow down. I mean, that's one of those where, you know, you just, if you looked at those guys side by side, you would think, oh, well, yeah, it's Trubisky, Trubisky, right? Like, yeah. you know, if... if if we didn't work for a certain company that had certain restrictions on, say, placing wagers in places like Las Vegas, what are those things? I don't know. Wait a minute, but this is not <laughs> this is not a team. It is not a team it's, sport. It's right. Sure. So I think we're I think we'd be oh, so we're good. Okay. Um, I would just think that most of the money would come in on the Mitchell Trubisky side. Yeah. Um, Donald. Donald would be a sneaky play. Yeah. Donald is such a freak. I mean, I don't know. This this the weight difference is probably what gets me. I think Trubisky would probably edge him out just because he's so much lighter. But yeah. I mean, but man, like I said, I, I went, I was like looking at 40 times and I'm like, man, these guys are really, I mean, as close as close can be. <laughs> you know? Imagine, imagine being nearly 300 pounds and running a four or six. Yeah. I just, all I know is last year during the playoffs, I, I'm, you know, Aaron Donald's Instagram was pictures of him working out shirtless and stuff. And like, you know, my girlfriend sees them and she's like, you should, I'm like, no, it's not, that's not going to happen. <laughs> like if that, if that's what you're looking for, then just, you can, you can put that out. Good here. luck with that. Yeah. Good luck. Marcus is working on his dad bod. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, yeah, man, I got, man, I got like a crick in my neck from carrying a kid around. It's man, I know, it's, dude. <laughs> right? <laughs> ah, so there we go. That's our, our little May talk there. Um, let's, let's, get, let's get to this, right? Uh, Game of Thrones obviously ended last week. Graham, you weren't here, so yeah, what did you want to get your, your quick takeaway on, on the final episode. And, and if you didn't listen to the podcast last week, we basically all pooped on it, even Mr. Murphy. Yeah. Who is, you know, the, the, the GOT truther. I'm going to keep I'm going to keep the train going. <laughs> I, I just th- my biggest problem with the whole show. And we'll talk about this is they just rushed it. Well, yeah. There was no need to rush it. There was no need. The first 30 minutes, I felt like were actually pretty good. I, I loved the, the first 30. It was awesome. The, yeah. When they, when they and then it up, went to hell. Yeah. Then they op- they opened up with Danny and, and all, you know, her obviously her victory and her speech to the to her armies was I thought was fantastic. And I even really loved the scene between John and, and Danny when mm-hmm. John killed her. But that's um, that's where everything it, it, that's where it after that was just like oh my god <laughs> why 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 do they unravel look this show took so many years to develop there right. were so many characters to develop why did they come into this final season with this self imposed well the final two seasons with the self imposed di- deadline of just thirteen episodes like they didn't have to they, nobody asked for it yeah they could have they could have and I understand I understand that these actors especially now are expensive. And that, you know, everyone has different time restraints. And, you know, Sophie Turner is now she's she's got a new uh, superstar, man. She got married to a Jonas brother. And now she's and now Dark, uh, Dark she's, Phoenix is Dark out Phoenix. in a, in a yeah. couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she's getting lead acting roles. So, I mean, a lot of these a lot of these actors and actresses are really moving on to, to bigger and better things. So I understand time restraints, but still at the same time, it was just so I did not mind the ending. I liked how all the characters ended. I just hated how how it got there. Got there. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, By the way, did you see that um, Kit Harrington is now in? Uh, is it is it rehab, Eddie? Like or, or he he he's in he, now. Yeah, he he was so emotionally distraught over this show being over that 
he he's wow. going, he, he's in rehab for like stress and alcohol. Did, did you guys watch the uh, yes. documentary? Yes, and he cried. He cried twice. Yes. in the documentary. He right. cried in his last day of filming, and he cried when he read the script but, that he kills Daenerys. And so now, after reading about, it, he's going to this rehab facility in Connecticut for the uh, the stress, and people say it's induced by the fact mm. that the show that he's been a part of for decades over. Like the stuff he said in the documentary was really kind of like heartbreaking because he did care. I feel like more than anyone else. Like everyone else was like, "Oh, it's sad. It's over." But I'll have other projects. He was like, "This is my life. This is the best thing of my life. Like nothing will ever top this." And I was like, "Wow, Kit!" Like, which is really interesting because yeah. you hear so many actors who get identified with one role. Like after so many yeah. years, they want to get away from it. They want to do something else. So it's it's kind of different to hear someone who really just wants to to keep going. Like you know, Urkel didn't want to be Urkel forever. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I would think that at some point. Because now I think we're going to see Kit Harrington. You're always going to say, hey, it's John Snow. It's just like, yeah. you know, Jason Alexander. That's Costanza. This is George Costanza. You know, you know no matter what he's he does. He's doing the KFC ads now. Did you see that? Yeah, I did. I know. I mean, yeah, yeah. It's kind of perfect, honestly. Yeah. 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 So, all right. So then this brings us to kind of a show recap. And I, I just put some categories down. I'm sure we will veer off into other topics at some point, but just kind of some talking points here. Um, favorite least favorite characters over the course of the show. And it doesn't have to be like a main character. It could just be, you know, somebody who showed up for a few episodes, maybe a season or two, but uh, you know, any, any, any characters that stood out one way or another to anybody there. Well, I'm, I'm a Cowboys fan and a Yankees fan. So you guys know that I, I like, I like the big, I love the Jon Snow character. And then I thought you were going to say the Lannisters because no, you, no, no. you cheer for teams that everyone thinks are no. evil. Well, you either love them or you hate them. But like, because like, I mean, the whole story, like he's such a good man and he's such a great warrior and he would have been such a great leader. And obviously that didn't happen, uh, uh, you know, unless you're, you're a, a wildling. But just the whole sort of building up of his character and then he's betrayed, uh, you know, and with a nice watch and then he, he's resurrected, which by the way, Eddie, like he's resurrected for nothing. Basically he got resurrected for nothing, which was just, just annoyed the hell out of me. But I, I really like like where his character went up until the end where they basically neutered him. They, they really did. I mean, he became kind of a eh character um, when, when it could have been so much better for him. I actually, I, I liked the, I was fine with the way they ended it, that he's like, you know, the king of the true north. Um, and he goes and lives with, you know, the people. Free he, folk. Yeah, yeah, he goes and lives with the people he was most comfortable with. Right. And they loved him. I was fine with that ending. I just, again, it just felt so like, oh, <laughs> this is what happened. All right. Yeah. yeah. It was just We're weird. done. It was just weird. <laughs> it was weird to send him to the Night's Watch when there's no No night reason. Watch. There's no Night's exactly. Watch. There's that, no reason Well, Bran knew there was no Night's Watch anymore. There's no need for one. He right. was sending him, basically, he was freeing him. Yeah, because John technically probably should have gotten killed. Gotten killed for treason. Yeah, it's true. That, it's true. That's like the issue too. With like people don't realize like since episode one when when Benjamin Stark is around, he's like, I want to go. The, when he was you know fourteen, supposed to be in the book, and he's like, I want to go to the Night's Watch. Like John literally has been there since the beginning of the show. Mm-hmm. But I think of all the other crazy stuff that's happened with his character, you forget about that. And I'm totally with you. But like. I'm okay with him being yes. king north of the broken wall or whatever they want to call it now. <laughs> but I wish that he was the one that decided that like I want to go there. Um, and that's why I kind of do agree with what Fabs is saying too, because John is such a great character. He's one of the true heroic, uh, honorable characters. Really the only one besides Ned, I guess, but maybe he's a tad smarter than Ned because obviously Ned, you know, his, his story ends the ninth episode of the season one, but John lives on um, and then is brought back. And then it's like, okay, why was he brought well, back? He's supposed mm-hmm. to be this hero. 
Uh, and I guess in a way he, he did. He kind of was. He, he was. Because otherwise, right. he, I mean, he basically freed the world from sure. Danny's tyranny. Not right. that not that most people know that. The, the world at large will never know. Mm-hmm. Right. But yep. that's what he did. Yeah, no, you're right. He still kind of fulfilled the whole prince that was promised prophecy. But I, in typical Game of Thrones fashion, it wasn't like he's this, you know, this guy who's wielding this giant sword and he's fighting all these bad guys and everyone's watching him in awe. It's like he does it in a discreet way and then he gets shipped off. And that's kind of like, that's just the most Game of Thrones kind of mm-hmm. ending ever. Yep. Um, I mean, you know, I still land on on, on uh, Tormund maybe being my favorite character in, sure. this, in this show. Uh, just because, like, he was equal parts, you know, seriousness when they needed it, but comic relief when, you know, when it, when they needed to have it there. Um, plus, he looks like the Dodgers starting third baseman. Ah. So, Justin Turner. Justin, like Justin Turner, Turner was actually on NFL <laughs> Fantasy Live like a year or two ago. Uh, a few years ago, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he looks like he looks like Justin Turner. So that, Tormund, that part Tormund's of it. great, and he's great in terms of like how you, you sometimes when you bring characters on later on or a middle of a show, you're like, oh, what is this new guy? But he he almost felt like he should have been there from the beginning because we everyone just came, like they everyone loved him. Right. That that episode, I guess it was was it last season when when that group of guys went. Uh, it was like John Tormund. It was like the seven of them. Yeah, they went out seeking to find a white. Right. That yeah. cast of ca- like that group of characters. That was awesome. Were, that, that was, was those so were the, freaking who awesome. Was it? The Hound was there. Yep. It was great. Uh, it was. Uh, was it was his name Thoris of Mir was uh, Beric. They were all that all those guys together. Those guys gelled really well. That that's a really good yep. group of characters. Yep. So it's it's because you're you're funny, but they're the best and warriors. It was, wasn't it? Uh, was it Gendry who had a run back? Right. Yeah, it was Gendry. Yeah. Yeah. Fastest yeah. guy on Game of Thrones, man. <laughs> run all the way back that quickly, man. Okay, so Gendry. Ger- so Gendry versus, John, versus Ted Ginn versus John Ross. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> it go. all comes back. Um. Uh. You know, obviously. Characters dying, getting off. I mean, this was maybe one of the the first shows I watched. I mean, I can think of you know maybe The Wire, but like a major television show where you just couldn't get attached to characters mm-hmm. because um, you assumed that they were going to be. I, you know, I mean, I'll never forget when, uh, like, I think when Robert Baratheon died. I mean, the first couple episodes, it, it like okay, this is a it's a buddy story between mm-hmm. Ned Stark and and Robert Baratheon, and yep. and Robert dies, and I'm like. All right, well, they're just gonna like magic him back to life, right? Like everything's gonna be fine. And then like his name didn't appear in the opening credits. I'm like, oh, he's he did. he's like actually he dead, yeah. <laughs> you know. And and that was only the beginning. So I think you know you start looking at the the deaths that um, maybe your f- favorite, quote unquote, or least favorite. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, for me, for all the people who died, watching watching Joffrey choke to death yep. at his own wedding was maybe the most, was maybe the most satisfying part. But, of the show. I, but, you, know, but you know what though. Uh, Bolton getting eaten by the dogs was a close second. Ramsey Bolton, yeah. I mean, I, 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 I like that one because Sansa was like, you know, I got you, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> After all you I, put me through, your dogs have been they haven't eaten for whatever it was, seven days. I have a very contrarian opinion because these are uh, characters we loved at the time, but I still think the best deaths, even though, even though they were relative to the show pretty horrible, is the whole Red Wedding. I mean, I just I loved that episode. It was great, yeah. So so much. Yeah, I mean, just the, the way it it ended, and just it, you know, at the end it cuts to black. There's no music over the yeah. credits. You know, they just they just roll that credits was, over silence. That's still chilling. I mean, that was still such a chilling episode. Uh, um, I'm, I'm with you totally on that. The right people forget about Rob Stark. I'll tie in favorite yes. character and least favorite death. I love Rob Stark, Same and here. that death really really hurt hurt me. I remember when I first like watched. I first when I first read it, it was on an airplane. I was like, I wanted to just pull like the cabin door in the airplane. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, it's been a good life for me. I was like, I I cannot believe you killed Rob because I love Rob because not only he had the better qualities of Ned. 
said mm-hmm. he outsmarted the Lannister. He outsmarted Jamie and Tywin Lannister. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like he he was just an awesome guy. He, he was sort of that great mix of of Ned and Jon Snow. He, and, he, and that's the thing yeah. too. He was he was cool with Jon because like that's the thing early on. It's like Jon Jon's the bastard. Like Sansa doesn't really like him. Catelyn hates him. But Jon like that's his actual brother. And and uh, Jon and Rob were great together. And I thought like man, I want to love to see him lead the Starks back and avenge his father's death. And it's like they go and do that to him. And uh, and it's kind of respectable too because he doesn't want to join houses because obviously the red wedding. The whole point is like he's supposed to marry someone he doesn't want. Right. He, he marries for he, love. I'm like yep. go you. Like I'm rooting for you. <laughs> yeah. And it just does not work out. But I, I do miss Rob. One of my favorite deaths was also Hodor because that whole that story one hurt. was so intense. Yeah, I mean, one, it, it was, it was emotionally it was painful. But like you know, that's good, that's we don't call. know what he's Hodor. Hold, hold the door, and we find out, and it's like wow. Like yeah, yeah man, that's good writing, and. He sacrificed it, his it life. It also made me hate Bran. I'm like, you know, this is all your fault, Bran. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bran the Broken. Exactly. Bran the Broken. Bran the two broken two minor, stupid. well, non, non-human deaths. I hate when... when uh, the dragons? Cer- no, when okay. Cersei makes Ned kill Lady... And when, oh yeah, yeah. And when the the phrase "kill uh, Grey Wind" robs uh, dire wolf, killing yep. the wolves always hurt me too. I hate that too. Yeah, those are like they're they're you know one for each Stark kid and one for John, and it's like they they represent the North, and they have to. Uh, that was so. Really Arya's didn't Nymeria die. did he, not die. He took off. She did not die. Yeah. She she is roaming free. Right. I yeah. I legit was a little bit hurt when one one died. Oh uh, yeah, the giant. Yeah. You know, like that—that that kind of hurt yeah, a little yeah. bit. Uh, yeah. you that, know, that was right kid. before the Ramsey scene too, when, also, he, come, when he breaks through uh, the gates of Winterfell. And yeah. there's also an, an oh crap moment because you know, like oh, the wildling, the, the, the White Walkers have a giant now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, right. They have a giant and a dragon. Like this is bad news. Mm-hmm. I will say the one that um, I sort of laughed about. I guess there were many that were sort of come, but like, and this goes to maybe my least favorite character too, Rickon Stark, Zigzag Man. I know. Zigzag. Exactly. That's what I was thinking. Stop too. running straight. <laughs> it's like, it's like you chase, you know, they say, like, if an alligator's chasing you, you go zigzag, right? Because that's how you get away. Yeah, zigzag. Zigzag, dude, man. Doing. Like, when you're running straight, like, you're making, just, you know, got Ramsey Bolton lining up, just lining up a shot there because you're running straight. Like, what are you doing, man? Exactly. Yeah. <sighs> that's a good, that's good. I kind of uh, forgot about that. That was a good one. Um, yeah. Anybody that lived that you thought should have died and vice versa. Anybody that, that died that you wanted to see. Tyrion should have died. Yes, Tyrion should have freaking died. They, I, know, they I, should have I put, disagree. They should have put an arrow right through him, man. No, he was meant to be the last Lannister. He was man. meant to be the hand. I, I he, mean, I got tired of it. He, he was meant to be the last Lannister, and I get that too, but I mean, he got away with if, so much. <laughs> Seriously, if, if the last season or two wasn't just him completely just blowing calls, just making wrong yeah. calls, because... He was not the Tyrion that we met early in the show. If he was sure. an NFL offensive coordinator making those calls, he'd have gotten fired. And then rehired by some other team trying oh, to resurrect their offense. That kind of ties in as to why Bran says, like, your punishment is to be the hand. And I think at that I'm, point, I'm he's like, too, yeah. I know I kind of been screwing up a lot. And Bran's like, well, that's your punishment. Instead of you being sent away, you're going to be now in my hand and kind of fix your errors. I think that's kind of cool. I liked, I liked how they ended Tyrion's t- character for that reason. But I felt like along the course of the show, based on what he did and especially the final two seasons, how he betrayed Danny too. I mean, he should. Yeah, but that's the thing. Like th- this guy should have been killed for, for treason. Right. And then all of a sudden he's like, uh, well, I have an idea. And, and it's like, you know, it, it's the decision to, to, you know, to, to outweigh all decisions. And it's based on him. I, I honestly thought he was going to die a couple episodes you, before the end. Uh, like when he went, when he walks up to the yes, wall. So that's to what think, I thought. To, yeah. to think, to talk to Cersei. I thought she, he was going to, you know, 
catch an arrow right there or something like that. So yeah. that, that sort of surprised And Sam, too. Like, you know, like, I get it. He's kind of like the lovable, wimpy kind oh, of I like character. Sam. I wanted him to die. I was like, dude, how many times can you be in a scene where you got 40 white whites all over you, right? And you're the wimpiest guy, the worst warrior. And then, like, the next scene... He's still alive. How that's the hell is he still like, alive? That's just like TV drama. I, I was, know. I was happy. like it, though. I was happy to see Sam. I actually thought, I honestly thought, because this show is heartless, that they were going to kill his wife and kid. I thought, I, yeah. I thought in the in the crypt that, that everybody was going to die. I thought Gil, I thought Gilly might die in the uh, yeah. in the crypt mm-hmm. too. Yeah, so um, just because the show is heartless like that. Yeah, I, that would have been very I, Game of Thrones. I used to get annoyed by by Sam's character, but then at the end, how they kind of wrapped it up that he wrote the book again. You have to realize the importance of characters. In. Yeah, which is why I'm fine with hearing. I'm which, fine with Sam. Yeah, maybe I'm just was anybody else a little bit uh, kind of like rolling their eyes at the fact that he named the book. A song, song of Ice of Fire. fire. Yeah. Yes. I, I kind of rolled my eyes there. Yeah. fan service. That my answer <laughs> is easily Grey Worm. Grey Worm deserves no part in being uh, a speaking character and playing a major role in the finale of right. Game of Thrones. Grey Worm basically determined that Jon Snow was not it, going to be able it's to. Insanity. Grey yeah. Worm, Grey Worm, should have, Grey Worm should have died in the, the sort Battle of Winterfell. I sort of wondered, like, who, you know. Who gave you this power to determine what happens to Jon Snow right. now? Like you don't, you don't just get to right. unilaterally make decisions now. That that was a little bit. A little yeah, bit that, was, that was dumb. Um. So we got spinoffs coming. What, like what, three spinoffs, right? At least. At least. Um, I presume they're all going to sort of tie in to, in some way, shape, or form, like the main story. Like These are going to be more like, you know, uh, better call Saul's to Breaking Bad sort of thing, that they will all have some kind of connection. Um, I don't know. Any, any expectations, especially you, Eddie, since you have read the books and we have not, any expectations for what these are going to be? Think, I think the first one they're doing um, that's actually in two or three weeks into production already, which is, which is uh, great news for us, is called The Blood Moon. It's supposed to take place like 5,000 years before. Is that how like the, the knights, like the White Walkers? The, the, the White Walkers and yeah, the, so the, it's basically the, the, King, yeah. it's the first men. It's the first men who like the Starks and you see the children of the forest and they see their creation of the, mm-hmm. the White Walkers. Uh, uh, that creates the Night King. Um, you, I'm guessing we'd probably see the wall being built, like by Brian the Builder, so like early Winterfell, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. And then that should be cool. And then it li- it should lead into Aegon the Conqueror, who was the Targaryen who created like the Red I, Keep and that kind right, of stuff. I so want to see pretty cool all story. of like I want to see like the rise of the Targaryens. I want to see will. you will see. That. I want to see like how the relationship between uh, Lyanna and that's a way different time. Like, but I know, yeah. but I want to see that too. Right. So. My, that's and like, my pick, to be right? The best. And, and, then, and then like the whole, uh, you know, Bar- the Robert Baratheon uh, rebellion. That's with Lyanna. That's the same. Right. Time I want to yeah. see that. Like yeah, that the, would the be Targaryen, awesome. The Targaryen thing is way earlier, so that would be right. That would be something to, different. Is saying I like the Robert's rebellion. I think that would be a fun. Those are the, the three spinoffs I think they're going to do. Is the one the Long Night, which is the one that I just explained. The other one would be the the Targaryen. It would be he wrote a side book called, uh, called Fire and Blood, just about the Targaryen family, which mm-hmm. I think that would be another spinoff. And I think the Robert's rebellion, I, in my opinion, is the best story and would be yes. the best one to watch <laughs> yeah. because you're seeing young Ned, young Robert. You're seeing Rhaegar. You're seeing uh, er, uh, the Mad King doing his damage yep. um you're seeing the the mountain like uh kill Rhaegar's children like with the Martell so Dorne's involved um you're seeing Lyanna Stark uh having Jon Snow like the Tower of Joy scene like yep. you're seeing I want to see all that uh, young, be awesome. young Jamie Stab the Mad King like there are so many cool things about I think that story is a lot better than the Game of Thrones story so the so the the Lannister uh family that that eventually defeated the Targaryens and took over like that whole thing that because that, that would all be that would all be part of 
part of like what could be Robert's Rebellion? Robert's Rebellion is just King Robert killing uh, the Jamie stabbing the Mad King, right? And then Robert killing Rhaegar the Trident, right? With his warhammer, that's like Robert's Rebellion, and then Robert becomes king. But yeah, in that time I'm in, frame, I'm in on that. Jamie kills a Mad King. His dad, Tywin Lannister, was the uh, hand of the king, I believe, at that moment in time. Um, and then obviously Cersei marries Robert because Robert wanted to originally wed Lyanna Stark, but right. she died right. uh, giving birth to John, and then you know Rhaegar was killed. So it's like a whole. It's it's and, I like it a lot more than the story we watched. And remind me again. So did Robert know that Lyanna was no no he no, didn't no, right no, 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 right no, no. he would have killed John he would have killed right, John yeah. right yeah yep because um, he killed all of his bastards he did yeah, yeah. he did right yep which yep. by the way you you mentioned just as an aside you mentioned the Martells how do we feel about Oberyn's death where and the, the least because I felt like Oberyn's death was sort of it was like Apollo Creed, right? Like yeah. he came in like really cocky, yeah. really arrogant. He wrecked him and then he got <laughs> and cocky. He got right, cocky. Exactly. Then, yeah. Yeah. And he got his head squeezed like a grape. Well, yeah. I, I mean, that was that was that was a fun. That was kind of a fun. Yeah. Death. I love the yeah. Viper too. I miss I miss him. I, 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 there's so many deaths. So many like bigger so, characters. Yeah. Different. I forget. I know, my my what, best friend told me that when he watched that, he said he screamed like a 12 year old girl when like <laughs> went over his head. Yeah, yeah, that was rough. You know what was one of my um, one of my favorite uh, characters too was Lady Tyrell. She was awesome. She was really good. I yeah. loved her. Oh, she went out That's like a I, She. I loved her, man. Tell like, Cersei it was me. She yeah, was great. No. Yeah, right. She died like a gangster. <laughs> she was humorous. I, I loved that character. She, she's my favorite character overall on the show, by the way. Just just because I loved her, everything about, like like you just mentioned, her, her like just almost arrogance, but also just inc- incredible intellect and how uh, funny she was, she was. She was so good. Yeah, she yep. was good. Which, she by the good. way, if, if I am not mistaken... Uh, the actress who played Lady Tyrell was also Catwoman on the uh, in in the Batman series in the sixties. The Adam West, huh. the Adam West. Is that right? Wait a minute. She was. Uh, I believe she was Catwoman in some of the episodes there. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Diana Rigg. She also played Catwoman, and she also pl- she was also in a show, a British show oh. called The Avengers, not the you know Iron Man. Oh wait, Captain now America now one. there's there's an early yeah yeah. I mean I like I. I Eddie, you're I mean, obviously it was I, 50, 50 some odd years. I know ago. that was such, <laughs> that was such a good show. I mean, you you if you watch that show now, it doesn't hold up. It's so stupid. But like when you were a kid growing up, watch it was awesome. Yeah, it was yeah. great. So there you go. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I was thinking about this right because we know we're gonna get these spinoffs, the, the you know the the GRRM approved spinoffs or whatever. I was thinking which characters deserve like a Frasier kind of spinoff? Because remember, obviously Frasier a spinoff of Cheers. Yep. Where he was maybe not one of the main characters, but he was, you know, he had a lot of a lot of pull on that show. His spinoff, he goes to a completely different side of the country, yeah. and it's it's almost it's almost fully unrelated to Cheers, except for the fact that one character came from that show. So I was thinking, which character deserves a Frasier like spinoff? And this can be our our poll for the day. By the um, way, which yeah. by the way, what was our, what was our yeah that what, poll what won the poll last week? So uh, last week's poll was the most disappointing TV finale. It had, I bet you it was Game of Thrones because it was so new. Uh, Recency the, bias. The four the four options were Game of Thrones, Sopranos, Seinfeld, and Dexter. Um, and the the win. Do you have a guess? You, you're guessing Game I of Thrones. I think I'm gonna guess be, Game yeah. of Thrones. Yeah. Uh, Game of Thrones with 36 percent was the winner. Um, Dexter had to be. I voted. Dexter was. Dexter. I voted Dexter. I, I also voted that. Dexter yeah. as well. Dexter was 32 percent, and then Sopranos and Seinfeld were tied at 16. Yeah. I, I, we had uh, almost two thousand. 
thousand votes. I think That's Game of Thrones good. definitely was. I think the recency, recency bias. Yeah, recency bias is, is kind of what if got you, it. If you take yeah. a couple of weeks off and like I like I did, I, I haven't even watched the finale. The only episode I've not watched twice and is the finale. And then I'm going to take a couple weeks off. I'll go back to watch. I watched the documentary. Like I said, I'm mm. reading up on the new spinoff. I'll probably go back and and plus I'm re-listening to the books now. And I think I'll go back and go. Okay, it wasn't awful i think we we took a break if like we didn't have social media we didn't have reddit and yeah. twitter i think people are like okay it's still better than the the last season overall is. It's better I mean, sure, than most yeah. television series my, so my overall take on the show is like we got the best tv ever from seasons one through five yeah season six was a mixed bag we all agree season seven sucked yeah and <laughs> season eight was another mixed bag yeah I, I i liked season eight enough to say that it was a big mixed bag yeah. i liked episodes two and we like five and five yeah I, five is seriously one of the best episodes I, I agree uh five was so so good it really yep. made up for it but like yeah episodes two three and five made up for it for me all right yeah okay so so my poll for this week uh the character that deserves or should get a fraser like spinoff so i have gray worm he last we saw, he was sailing for Noth because that was originally his plan. With he and Masande, they're going to run off together and they were going to live happily ever after there. Obviously, she didn't make it, yeah. but he's deciding to go to Noth. So I feel he goes to Noth and becomes a private eye. He takes his military background and training. He starts a private detective firm and he solves cases, and that's his spinoff there. Uh, the other one. Yara Greyjoy, who the last we saw, she was going back to the Iron Islands. You know, Theon went to Winterfell to help there with the, with the battle. Uh, obviously, he dies. But Yara is off in the Iron Islands. Uh, I have her running a cruise ship. So it's sort of like a love boat sort of thing. Uh, so that's her spinoff there. Uh, the third one, Mira Reed, who the last time we saw, you know, she was kind of leaving Bran and she went back south to go back home. We don't actually hear anything about her ever again. Mm-hmm. Um she starts like a wildlife exploration company. <laughs> and she just kind of like she just hikes the wilderness, and uh, you know, and, and has adventures. See, I, I'd like to see like something with Arya becoming a hitman. That'd yeah, be great, man. Probably the best or most popular answer. Yeah, she's, yeah. She's I mean, going, that one. She's going west. She has the faceless man training. Like she's a uh, or she <laughs> sword fight. Like you never know what she could. As do. someone on Twitter called it, murder Hogwarts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, yeah, I feel like that one would win hands down. Like if we put that one on there, that will be the runaway one. Yeah, I'm trying um, to think of another good one. That'd be awesome, dude. Gendry, what's that show on like history? Trying to like forge like Gendry's. Uh, oh, like, where they're making weapons or whatever. He's a bladesmith. He teaches you how to make blades. <laughs> right. Gendry, even though he's a Baratheon now, he teaches you how to make blades. He would be the host of the show because it wouldn't be fair to put him right. like on. He's making super weapons. Like that's not fair. Uh, so he'd have to be the host. Ice fishing with Tormund. <laughs> Ice <laughs> fishing with Tormund. Deadly, like, was it the, that deadliest catch? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> with Tormund. <laughs> what about, you, know, you could do something with Samuel too. Diary of a Wimpy Westerosian Kid. Yeah. yeah. How about that? Oh, man. So, um, but yeah, so those are a few options. But the the, the three there, the Grain Worm, the Yara, the, the Mirror Reed, we'll, we'll put the poll out on Twitter. Uh, you guys can vote on it. I just think it'd be fun to have that, uh, you know, I don't know, it could be like an SNL skit or something. Really. By the way, in the Frasier thing, did you guys... Uh, because I, I love Cheers, that in Cheers, Frazier's father was dead. And in fact, the actor who played his father in Frazier was on an episode of Cheers. Oh, really? He was a guy who Rebecca hired to create a jingle for Cheers. And basically, he just used like old McDonald had a farm and just like, <laughs> you know, put Cheers in there. And um, yeah, so Frazier's parents were actually dead in Cheers. And then when they did the spinoff, suddenly his dad was alive. And back to life. Huh. Yep. Did not know that. Yep. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, it was a good show. Frasier was Dude. a really good show. Yeah. Cheers, too. <laughs> cheers I, was a good I show. Still, I, I still, like, when nothing's on, I'm like, cheers. I'm in. There you go. I just do that. Could That and Curb. All right. Yeah. So I think that's it. I think we're done. That's it? Our, our watch 
has ended. It's been it's been real. It's been real. Yeah, talking to you guys about Game of Thrones. Uh, and you know, appreciate all you guys out there who listened to these episodes and you know and hit us back and stuff. Uh, you know, I just did this on a lark because you know it was the off season. We didn't have much to talk about, so now we got to fill time with something. So how about this? Um, we we all now have a little extra time to watch TV. Uh, I'll give you a couple of suggestions to sort of you know change your focus. Dead to Me on Netflix is I, I finished it. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Hmm. It was so good. Um, Chernobyl right now on HBO. I'm watching Chernobyl. Yeah, the that's highest been, rated show ever. On that's HBO. been really I'm, good, I'm, man. I'm watching Chernobyl. I'm really also good. watching Barry. I'm catching up on Barry. Right, I've heard that Barry's really good. Which I haven't started good. watching that yet. So, but right, Dead to Me to, is like if anybody out there is looking for something, it's completely nothing to do with Game of Thrones. But like it. It is really good. It's very Christina Applegate is in it. Mm-hmm. What's the other actress? Linda, the one that Linda Cardellini. Right, right. She's Rachel in it as well. Uh, James Marsden is in it. Um, it's it's really really good. Does James Marsden die? Because it feels like I'm he not died. saying I'm not like, going to ruin it. You I feel like watch. he dies in like everything. Westworld. I mean, Westworld. He died like in every <laughs> no, literally, literally every episode, episode of Westworld. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that, no, definitely worth watching. Poor Teddy. He's like the no Sean doubt. Bean effect yeah, in every yeah. movie. Sean dies. Bean dies yeah. in every movie too. Yeah, I've watched Chernobyl too. It's fantastic. It's so so. I I watched the first episode last night so i will say it's it's heavy to watch before bed that's probably, I probably not a good call i was gonna do it last night too and somebody tweeted that and i was like i'll just put the documentary on instead i don't want to go yeah. to bed thinking so, of like and and misery. for me like my girlfriend is like from ukraine right oh really huh and, and so like you know basically it was what 1986 86. she yep. was born in 83 um one one way the wind blows the other way and it's coming to her yeah i mean she, she was in uh she, it, it was it actually blew north. The winds were blowing north and that's why it went north. But she was south. If the winds going that way. I mean, it's wow. It's amazing. And so they have they now have. And if, if I knew it was totally safe, I would totally do it. They have tours. Yeah. Of Chernobyl. Yeah. I, I've uh, seen I actually pulled one up on YouTube. Some guy had a. I'm not sure what's it called, what the radioactive. Yeah, I don't know. I don't Geiger count or something. Yeah. I don't know what it's yeah. called. I don't he, know what it's he called. He had one and it was, I guess, apparently safe levels, but like there's still like pockets of. Like yeah. Oh, sure. And then if you watch, if you watch our planet on Netflix, which I like that kind yeah. of stuff. Matthew loves that stuff. And my son, they actually are at Chernobyl and they document how things are growing again. Things are Animals growing. are coming back. Wildlife is, really uh, is, is starting to flourish there. It's really neat. Yeah, I was, I was reading an article about it. It's, ins- yeah. it's oh, I mean, if I, if I knew it was safe, and I'm not, I, I'm not a big world traveler, but that would be like, that'd be pretty interesting to go back and, and, and see, you know, uh, especially after watching the, the first, what, four, five, four episodes of uh, Chernobyl. It's really yeah. good. So. The only thing that's weird is like, they all speak English with Russian like accents. Like, you know, it's well, like, I get it. They don't want to have like, right, you, know, like you know, subtitles, but I mean, like, it's, you know, it's really good. six hours of subtitles. Yeah, exactly. Show yeah, yeah, like that. That. Um, so, you know, anyway, so uh, yeah, uh, I guess if there are any other TV shows out there, you guys feel like we should watch, uh, you know, feel free to hit us up either yeah. individually or on the NFL podcast handle uh, or at the NFL fantasy handle. There's so many options for you to hit us up. Um, and if you, one other thing too. Did you watch the uh, All in the Family? Uh, I did not watch the, the live thing. So good. Yeah, I loved I it. I didn't watch it. So. Yeah, I uh. loved it. Um, I do think it would have been funny though if, like, you know, Rob Reiner played Archie. That would have been funny. <laughs> yeah. Years later, forty years later, whatever. <laughs> it was Woody Harrelson. He did a good job. He plays plays Archie. Did a good job. That, they shot that in Culver City. Oh, right down the street. At Sony. 
Yes. Oh, very good. Yeah, yeah. All right. That's it. We are done. We appreciate you listening as always. Appreciate you downloading. We'll come back. We'll figure out something to do. We'll certainly have some more guests on, uh, especially as we do these mock drafts. We'll get a lot of other guests on to kind of talk about their mock drafts and what other, other weird stuff we can think about in the meantime. So that's it. We're done. Appreciate you listening. Tell two friends to tell two friends. Rate, review, and remember, cleaning is just putting stuff in less obvious places. See you next week. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish spring body wash and bar soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.